Yo, what's good? It's your boy, South 706. This can be podcast. Uh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> trash, trash, trash. Yes, it is your boy, South 706. Uh, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. We have uh, Marcus Sniffles and his uh, lovely wife, Gift Queen. Oh, my God. What's good, y'all? I, I mean, you see what happens. You put yourself out there. You, oh. you let love, let love win, and you see what happens. Relationship you know, goals, right here. There is, there is nothing, nothing there. Soak it all in. Soak it all in, podcast mm-hmm. listeners. You're seeing true romance live nope. in podcast yeah, this, land. Yes, they have. A, they're gonna branch out and do a relationship goal YouTube videos. So look out for that. Uh, just make sure you subscribe to the channel. Uh, Black love. Uh, Gift King and his queen coming soon, so look out for that. Uh, I don't know where Adolphus Savage is at. Uh, Sleep. Oh, no, he's not sleeping. (laughs) If he's sleeping, he's sleeping off something. Yeah, he's he's hella washed. But yeah, before we start off with our traditional uh, topics, we need to address the elephant in the room. So I was on Twitter, you know, doing my my usual thug thizzle on there, just kicking it or whatever. And I don't even know how this came up, but Apparently, there's people in, in these great United States that eat rice with sugar on it, sugar and yeah. butter. And there's people that also, I knew about this, but I thought it was some sort of fable, but people that eat grits with sugar. And I'm ashamed to say that I have lifelong friends that have admitted to doing this. So all of y'all need to uh, get y'all's lives together. I, I actually am. I might be uh, pro-Trump on this topic. We need to build a wall. <laughs> what? We need to build a wall around you nasties that are eating rice with sugar. Like, how's that even? How do those things even come together? Like, where in your head do I say that? Hey, guess what? I'm gonna have some rice. I'm gonna throw some sugar on top of it. I'm gonna have some grits, and I'm gonna throw some sugar on top of it. Like, that's gross. I'm just like, uh, who raised y'all? I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, curious. Like, let me I'm find this dude's Twitter at. I'm a very oh. regular person. I I don't eat grits. Like grits are just terrible altogether. You can what? put sugar, you can put salt and pepper, cheese, and whatever you want to put on them yeah. grits. You ain't gonna make grits taste good. I don't care what you put on them. Things are yeah. so, so shout out to at J J E A three underscore fifty shades of J. He is uh also the uh he, he was a a subject on an earlier podcast when he posted a picture of uh, uh my president King T'Challa with a watermelon superimposed his hands. And it was called uh, Nigger Man. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you're you're sicko, bro. Like we need to have you on the podcast to see what went wrong in your life that you are allowing yourself to, you know, defile your body, your temple with with sugar on rice. I can't even like just thinking about that makes me want to gag. Like I don't even know. Ugh. Like how much sugar do you put on there? Do you put brown sugar? No. cane sugar. Oh, Jesus, is it a teaspoon? Is it a sprinkle? Is it a dab? Like what? How does this work? I'm very confused. I need to know. I need the answers to this. this you just got to ban sugar altogether. I mean, not sugar. Ban uh, grits. Nah. Ban no. Grits no, 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 no. But it was rice. It was rice. It was rice. He said rice first. And then some other guy, uh, I can't find his that. I'm going to look for him. But he knows who he is. He's nasty, too. But yeah, they put sugar on rice and grits. So I need to address that. I need to get that off my chest. It's weighing heavy on my heart. And I feel that I can sleep better at night knowing that you know, I'll let y'all know to be out. Be out here and look out for these people putting sugar on rice and grits. And if you see that, make sure you call your local police department and inform them that they are violating themselves. If you're, if you're still eating grits, you probably use a bathroom in the outhouse or something like that. Like, I do not use a bathroom in outhouse. Thank you very much. Grits are amazing. 
Not in my house. Shrimp and I grits mean, are amazing. If they're cooked right. I mean, essentially, grits is just corn, like, or hominy or some shit like that. That's the same thing. It, it don't matter. But I, I think grits delicious. are delicious. If, yeah, if you if they're cooked, prepared correctly, then yeah, they're, they're pretty yes. good. But uh, yeah, I'm pro grits, just not without uh, sugar. So, following up last week's podcast, uh, Cardi B dropped her debut album, which is uh, well reviewed. And I think Marcus said the number she did was, I think, 225K. I don't know if that's in streams or in like real sales or. Well, that's what she posted on her Instagram page. Like she had the, the whole charts on there and she sold that many. And I'm sure they, they account for streams also. But from what I heard, um, for the first week's numbers, they're not counting what Bodak Yellow did. So that's oh. still pretty impressive considering like they're not, you know, putting those numbers in for the first week. Now, as far as her going going gold, they're counting the streams from, you know, when Bodak Yellow dropped. But when it comes to calculating their first week numbers, they're not calculating what Bodak Yellow did last year. So that's that's pretty impressive. Like I'm out of everybody outside of like El Chop, I'm probably the second biggest Cardi B fan on this podcast. And I I projected her to do like a hundred thousand I thought a hundred thousand in, in the first week would have been great for her and she more than doubled that so i was i was pretty surprised to see that that's a that's an impressive number to say the least yeah and then again we, we've all discussed this we're not going to stay on this too long but she she has a battery in her back she has the marketing behind her she has the push she has the female fans our women fans uh, she has different uh, ethnicities uh, she has a lot of i guess she was like I guess to women, it's their type of empowerment because women I know that don't even like rap music are like really on this. I'm like, all right. So, I mean, she's there. She's their superhero. So, you know, big ups well, to her again. Who, who, was, who was the last like major artist to, to come out that didn't have this so-called battery in their back? Because I, I feel like you only say that about Cardi B. Like, no, who doesn't, get the, who doesn't get the battery in the back? That's a pretty major artist. Betty Watt. Why? Why is that? Why do you think that is? Fetty Watt wasn't on the cover of Rolling Stones because he doesn't have a, a nice body. Um, he wasn't on what? Jimmy Fallon. No, but y'all, you saw that Rolling Stone cover. That his body. On, yeah, we we saw that cover. We know why she was on there. Uh, let's see. She's okay, on Jimmy, so she's on, Jimmy, she's on, on Jimmy Fallon. Hang on a second. If I go through, if I Google Rolling Stone magazine covers, am I only going to see beautiful women on there? Is it Playboy now or? Is that what they do? No, nah, but that played into it. They could have had her wearing something else, right? I mean, it, was, it, it wasn't strictly because of her ability to rap that she was on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Because, I mean, I'm looking no, at some old... I'm, go ahead, go ahead, Queen. Go ahead. With Cardi, here's the thing about Cardi. It's not just about the way she looks and it's about her rap. It's also about her personality I, I, I'm, and, I'm not and where she... That. And where she came from. I, A lot not, of people I'm supported... Not buying, I'm not buying the where she came from, but continue. No, not like I'm talking about reality TV, not like New York, like reality TV. She's like the one person out of the majority of all reality TV shows, whether it's Ratchet to Housewives of Beverly Hills, that wanted to win, worked so hard and grinded and actually got out and did what she said she was going to do and what she said she wanted to do. So a lot of people that I know that don't even like her album or her music period, bought her album just because they want to see her win regardless. I mean, doesn't doesn't 
Fetty Wap need to talk with his people or his label? Because like, if I'm a, if I'm Atlantic, Atlantic is who she's signed with. If I sign any artist and one of their songs goes number one on the charts, I'm going to continue to push that artist. Like, I feel like it only makes sense for you to get them on, you know, Rolling Stones or try to get them to Saturday Night Live or on every talk show, everything. Yeah, yeah. Been on the I'm, Breakfast Club and Hot I'm Night not saying Club. I'm not saying it's a Apple's bad thing. Interview, I mean, so it's like it is what it is, though. Like she she has a bigger push than some artists, other artists would have. My biggest point to that, or part of my point, is that with the whole she won Chicago Person of the Year or something like that. She's not even from Chicago. There's other people. Was it Chicago? There's one of those states. Uh, no, Detroit. I'm sorry, because that's uh, I think. Uh, Royce Five Nine had an issue with that. Like, there's people actually in Detroit doing stuff for the city of Detroit, but she wins the award. Yeah, yeah, that's part of what I'm saying. Like, she, that's, she's getting that she's getting a push that all she's right. getting a push that not all artists. That, are but that's not coming from that's her true. album or her label. That's coming from that city. Like, her her label's not calling Detroit saying like, "Hey, give Cardi B the person of the sure? year." Can we I would say because if I because if I'm Detroit. Sure. It's Detroit. I yeah, mean, they've I, been messed I'm, up for a decade now. Yeah, if I'm Detroit, oh, if I'm Detroit, I'm okay, calling. I'm from Detroit, so first of all, fuck all y'all. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the committee podcast. This is your boy Adolphus Savage. Sorry, I'm late. Um, I was strung out on my painkillers. Um, anyway, so what we're talking about, Cardi B selling 200 and some odd thousand, which some of you niggas say that y'all guessed it, which a lot of y'all were low balling numbers because you didn't want to be crucified to the numbers that you are. Shout out to El Sloppa for missing the podcast. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Um, Damn. Please continue on. Thank you. No, no. Yeah, I'm, I, not, I, I'm not mad at her for getting the battery. That's what the label's supposed to do, like uh, DJ Chubby, Chubb, uh, Chubby Swag says. Sorry, dude. That, like they they bet the house on her and it's paying off. Like I get that, but that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, and then like, with Fetty, I mean, uh, he's got like a million babies right now, and all you see is him in drama. That has not. And Cardi and, B's not drama. And, she didn't have a baby. Not like Fetty. Oh, having a, having a baby is drama now. Slow it down. I'd watch it. I'd watch it, you going like it, saying that it, having a baby it, is considered it, it a could. problem. I didn't say it's a problem. I said oh, it's drama. You said it was I drama. Said, Clean it I up. Said, I said it is drama. How is it drama? Because allegedly she's engaged to what is which Migo? Migo says she engaged to? Uh, offset. 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 She's got a whole song about Take it. off? Oh, Offset, yeah. <laughs> one of those skinny Negroes who. Oh, look. I'm those skinny Negroes. Which one played football? Was it Offset or Quavo? Bro, no, yeah. let's let's take a side trip. I saw a video on Twitter of young Quavo playing quarterback, and I was like, "We're really this is good. This is good football play, bro." Like, no, it's high school football. It's it was t- the way that people were making out to be like, "Oh, he's he's such a great athlete. Uh, he could have went to the league." I'm like, "Nah, we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that." But anyways, no, nah, I'm saying that that she's engaged to Offset. Allegedly, I've been firm saying I don't think they will ever actually get married. So if that were to happen, that could create drama with you not being married to the father of your child as far as like custody battles and stuff like that. So that's why I say that. I don't know if that's drama, but that's kind of already looking. Well, in the, the in, in the meet, it, well, we live in a negative world. Go on any go under any Instagram, Twitter or Yahoo comment section. And that's just the world we live in. I understand that, but we all know that that stuff is not real life. Like we're talking about these people's real lives, and you're just assuming that well, they're for going the to have custody of, issues for and for custody the battles. Of the podcast, it, it is so. 
But yeah, no, nah, I'm just saying you're, you're trying to act like she's not in any type of issues. Like we, we we'll speak about later with the whole Nikki. Oh, well, I, I mean, we're comparing her. We were comparing her to Fetty Wap, and Fetty Wap's actually been arrested, hasn't he? I don't know. That's none of yeah. my business. What, what does having to be arrested? Yeah. I mean, we're, but we're. You, I mean, we're talking about drama when you're a label, right? And yeah. You compare- there's a bunch of videos of him out fighting with his baby mamas and arguing and stuff, pulling up on them about money. I mean, that's that that's drama. Being pregnant by your fiance is not drama, but he's like on his seventh child or something. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Actually, no. Technically, there was drama because allegedly, yeah, there was uh, another him cheating. Allegedly, another woman was pregnant. So that is that is drama. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, but that woman wasn't pregnant by him. That's not drama. For the sake of this podcast, she was pregnant. He's out here slinging his meat, impregnating everything he sells. I saw the video with the lady with them cheeks. Now, Fetty, Fetty, Wap, Fetty Wap, on the uh, other hand, has been arrested for drunk driving and drag racing. And now, keep in mind, Fetty Wap has one <laughs> eye. Hey, shout out to Patterson. Eye. Hey, shout out to Patterson. Shout out to Eastside High School. Patterson is lit. Yo, so, but I mean, he's out like here. Drama. I mean, if I'm the label, I'm not pushing that, that guy. You know what? That's they yeah. should push that because that's actually pretty lit to shoot. You have the uh, the savagery to have one eye and ride a motorcycle. But no. moving on, yeah. So, <laughs> 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 yeah. So I mean, shout out to Cardi B. I was sick of that too long, but yeah. Uh, just just real quick, we've we've looked at the album for about a week. How are you? How are you guys feeling? Have you been running back to it? Is there a particular track you go back to, or? Is it back on the shelf, or what are y'all's thoughts on it as of right now? Um, my favorite song is I Like It. I like the salsa. Okay, it. come on. What? You know what? I'm, I'm not going to say anything. Go ahead. <laughs> I like the song. It's a great, it's different from, like, anything that anybody has out that's not in the, you know, Spanish field over there with reggaeton and all that shit. So it's catchy, and I like it. That's That's my favorite. My, I don't like Be Careful. A lot of my coworkers like it, but and they that's, keep playing it over and over again, but I'm just not feeling it. That's probably my favorite song, but I don't really listen to it, but continue. But it's not on the shelf. Um, I'm going to get killed for this, but I didn't buy her album yet. I'm going to buy it, but um, so far, I mean, it's like a strong 7 out of 10 for me. Well, I, I mean, I wouldn't feel bad for that because not too many people actually buy albums. Most people, like myself, uh, pay for streaming services. So, I mean, it's not that's not out of the realm of, uh, you know, something that's common these days. Uh, Mr. Savage, what do you think? Um, I def- Well, first of all, shout out to Underscore Red Run, who was mad at me uh, for my take on Bickenhead. That song's trash. Uh, the album. She, no, hey, wait. she did. She did shout you out on her podcast. I listened to it. She did shout you out though. Damn. Well, fuck her too then. Anyway, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We're not going to talk about a, a fellow Augustonian like that. Shout fuck to the Augusta, Fuck you. Stress. Stressed out for listening to Bickenhead. I'm actually tweeting her a chicken right now since she <laughs> uh, down with the chicken head stuff. Um, like I said, the album. I've gone back for the sake of pop culture, for the, for the sake of our culture, the culture. I've gone back and listened to it now three times. And it's still like something that I feel like will be placed on the shelf, like long term. Like it's not something that I'm just reaching for to listen to. Um, favorite track is, I do like the Get Up 10 because I am a little biased for the 
uh, struggle rap songs, but it is not a strip club. <laughs> I do not want to see you shaking you your know, cheeks and for the all record, that. And for the record, that that is not on the same level as uh, Meek Mill's uh, "Dreams and Nightmare" intro. It's it's not. Let's not do that. Let's not do this. But yes, it, it sure isn't. So uh, yeah, it's something. I'd say six weeks from now, I'll probably be done with the whole Cardi B thing, which is still good because it's better than what I normally do. And I will say on a side note, really quick, I actually enjoyed the two Nikki tracks. I think she came. Wait, 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 wait. We're, we're not. We're not there. We're not there. We're not there yet. We're not there. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Not there yet. Not there yet. You know Let's chill. You don't want that flex. You don't want that smoke. So back down, stand down, Cardi. Shout out I to will, Beyonce. Hope, and they hope, we'll get, we'll get Jesus to Christ. We'll get, We'll get that. We'll get to that later. Marcus, I, 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 I have BS. listened. I've listened to the album multiple times since it came out, just casually. Um, I like it. It's a fun record. Like if I'm, you know, just hanging out and want to play something fun, I listen to it. It's on like a, a party playlist that I have. Uh, mm, yeah, I think it's a. I think it's a solid album. I'm trying to think. Like, I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think it's going to be Grammy nominated just based on who I think is going to be dropping albums this year. But I think it's going to be an album that people talk about when they mention 2018. If you like 10 years from now, when we go back and look at what came out in 2018, we're going to remember like, oh, we're going to remember this Cardi, this Cardi wave. And the songs that I gravitate to on this is probably Drip, Moneybag and Beaconhead, Beaconhead. But it's, I mean, it's a solid debut. It's a solid debut. Nigga, why are you listening to that nasty ass song? <laughs> Pop your I mean, pussy like this. Spread your cheeks like this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I like, I, 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 I like, I like hearing women talk nasty like that. I don't know what you want me to do. Like, wow. if you want to, if you want to listen to niggas talk about fucking, then go ahead. But I like to hear I women talk nasty. Um, the last album I've played is now David Ruffin. Shout out to Meridian, Mississippi. Hold it down. Uh, shout out to the 60s, real music. You know what I'm saying? Wow. It's, it's crazy that a uh, great artist from Meridian, Mississippi also has a drug, drug problem like yourself. So shout out to Meridian. I definitely don't have a drug problem. <laughs> you just <laughs> said you were off prescription pills. I obviously was almost killed in a car accident. Jesus Christ. Why these things? Okay. Oh, shout out to Big Crit. Yeah, shout out to Big Crit. Yeah. A.K.A. Justin Scott, in, in case y'all don't know. But anyway, I'm not going to act like I know him like that. But like I said, the Cardi B thing, it's going to phase out after a while. I'm interested to see if she can put out another hot album. I really think she's going to go down as one of the greatest of all time, though. Like, definitely. Like, she has she has the streets watching. She has the streets talking. That's real good. And um, what she's doing for not just, not just in general, like, bringing it to the forefront. Like, there are so many white people, white women, they love the songs. Like the other day I was um, riding by a bar and I saw like a car full of five white women jamming out to Bickenhead. And one of them got out the car and started popping what little ass she doesn't have. But it's a really fun song. It's a really fun album if you like the party. So shout out to Cardi. So for me with uh, Invasion of Privacy, I've only listened to it like once. I can't I'm trying to get back to the point where I listen to music because I like it and it makes me feel good. I feel like nowadays I'm more or less listening to music just to talk about it and discuss it, which is nice. It's, it's cool, but I just it's it's nothing that I'm going back to. Like I know uh, dripping is in my head. That you know the little the cadence of that song is in my head a lot. But 
again, that's more or less that could easily just be a Migo song featuring Cardi B because she only has one verse. So, but that's either here nor there. But as far as the album, you know, great, great success. Uh, she's holding it down. Just one more thing. I need to call Mr. Pratt, Mr. Michael Pratt to the table real quick. He never really gave an explanation from this. I don't know if he was trolling, but he he said that uh, Be Careful was Lovers and Friends. I was like, eh, I don't know what we're doing with that one, guy. So uh, if you'd like to explain yourself, you know, you can. You're a grown man. You can do whatever you want to. But I just I found that interesting. Another thing that he posted, and just we're saying our car to be longer than uh, we thought we would, but this is what's popping right now. So he posted an article, I guess, with an interview of her talking about how uh, she was, uh, you know, the grind was hard. She's very tired. She's stressed. She doesn't get to see her uh, fiance very much. Things of that nature. He kind of alluded to like, oh, I'm not going to put words in his tweets or whatever, but it is kind of painting the narrative like, oh, look at Cardi, like uh, Gift Queen was saying earlier, she works so hard. The grind is so tough. I'm like, what? What what isn't tough? This a grind. Like that sounds like every other up and coming rapper, star, actor, insert whatever you're doing. It, it's going to be tough, but in the same breath, this is the life you chose. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to give you any sympathy. Yes, I guess she's pregnant. I know that's a little bit tougher. Got it. But in the same breath, this is a wild comparison. But you see, if Beyonce does, and she's pregnant, still putting in work. You know what I'm saying? But you know that's there. There's a slight difference between comparing like what Cardi B is doing and what Beyonce is doing is because Cardi B is more social media savvy. Now, I don't want to say savvy. She's more active on social media. So if Cardi B is tired, she puts it on Instagram live. Like she'll get on IG, post a video of her in the studio at two in the morning saying she's tired. Now, Beyonce could do the same exact thing because we all know that she works hard also and she's in the studio at God knows what hours. There's reports that she had, you know, 10 hour rehearsals to, you know, prepare for shows. But the difference is, is Beyonce doesn't put it in your face. Like she's not on Instagram telling you how tired she is. She's not tweeting about, about how she doesn't want to go to the studio again. So, I mean, that's a, a slight difference. And the thing with Cardi being like working hard and being tired, it's like that's stuff that if you follow her on, on any social media platform, you know that she's, gonna do stuff like that and i think that's why people gravitate to her because we can all relate to that like i feel like we've all got on instagram or on twitter talking about man i'm tired i don't want to go to work i don't want to go to the gym i don't want to go to my kids school i don't want to you know do whatever take a soccer practice yeah I yeah, mean, I, I, I mean, okay, but I understand that they get. Hang on, hang on. I understand that they we don't get paid that kind of money, but that doesn't mean that they don't have feelings and that they don't get tired. Also, like they, Beyonce, they say that. that. But that's what I'm saying. You're saying like, oh, she gets paid millions of dollars. So what's it matter if she's tired? No, no, and that's I, I get what you're saying. That's not that wasn't my point. My point was that's just more like oh. Look at her. She works so hard. Everybody works hard. That's like that's the same thing. Like everybody with, uh, doesn't with, work hard. No, 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 no. That's that's not true. That's it like a, okay. Everybody doesn't work hard. People that are on the grind, up and coming stars. Yes, they do work hard. That's my comparison. Would that be more like with uh, like when Tebow was trying to make his comeback? Like, oh, look how hard Tebow works. He's out here grinding every day. It's like, bro, it's the NFL. Everybody works just as hard. They just don't broadcast it so much. Everybody's, that's not, like as, one of, everybody's not as popular as Tim Tebow. 
That's nobody, great. nobody cares about the Colts guard, offensive guard that's working hard. Nobody knows his. I don't know his name because he's not doing his job. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, wow. Tim, Shout everybody, out to Nation. everybody knows who Tim Tebow is. So, like, if you put out a story about Tim Tebow, it's going to do numbers, and that's why they do it. Like, he's you got put out the battery. You in put his you put a story out on Cardi B. It's going to hey. do numbers. That's what you God, do. Like, God, God bless the batteries. God bless the batteries. Everybody gets so, the battery. That's that's not true. So it moving is. on, I'm I'm done with Cardi B. All right, so Nicki Minaj, let's let's talk the, the polar opposite. So recently, Nicki Minaj dropped two singles: uh, what Barbie Tings and uh, shit. I don't even know the other uh, name. Chun Li, Chun Li, Chun Li. Yes. So for what it's worth, <laughs> the cover of Chun Li is worth the price of the admission, even if the song is whatever you think it is. Like I <laughs> saw. Yes, it is. Yo, I saw a, a picture of a allegedly a pastor and her mentions in the IGs talk about that kitty's looking mighty juicy or something oh, like that. I was like, bro, yeah. come on, dog. Yeah. Like, like you, you're nasty. You're nasty. We can't be doing that in public, dog. Send a DM. But yeah, so she did an interview with Beats One uh, talking about her new singles. I guess it was quote unquote Nikki Day. Did all y'all check that out or nah? Are y'all got the gist of it or? No. I haven't. I trash. Mean, trash. 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 I'm not a oh. team Cardi, team Nikki. I'm not into all that shit. I trash. think Nikki has put out the same type of music. Uh, uh, we're not there yet. Trash. Adolphus, you heard it yet? Uh, yes, I have heard the interview. And Marcus, you heard the interview as well? I've heard bits of the interview. I haven't heard the whole thing. Okay, well, I listened to the whole thing. It wasn't really spectacular. But uh, one of the, the main points was she was saying kind of, I, I don't know, I guess people were saying that she was trying to beef with uh, with a Cardi B as far as like not showing up to the studio for the video shoot for Motorsport. And that I guess she wrote songs earlier for, I guess, Drake's album and uh, talking about how, you know, alluding that Cardi B should be grateful that, you know, an artist of her caliber, you know, graced her, her uh, song her with her presence on the song that's true yeah and then just how she i guess isn't really showing her you know i guess the respect or reverence or whatever blah 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 overall it was a, it was a decent interview little wayne jumped on an interview birdman jumped on an interview at some point but uh, i i don't know I, people want this to be a beef i want it to be a beef it's going to be a beef even if it's not a beef but uh the, the two singles, what were y'all's thoughts on that? I think uh, for me, Barbie Tings was the, the better song for me. Uh, it reminded me of uh, uh, her songs from the Beat Me Up Scotty mixtape. Like the beats are pretty much not exactly the same, but it has the same uh, rhythm to it. And Chung Lee is a solid song. The uh, the beat is growing on me. Like when I first listened to it, I wasn't really a fan of the beat, but the more I listened to it, the more I'm like, okay, I, I see what they're trying to do here. And you know, it's, it's Nicki Minaj rapping again. And if she's going to be rapping like this on her album, then I'm, I'm here for that. And I'm excited for it. And I, I keep saying it. I will say it every chance I get to say it. This, this album is going to define Nicki Minaj's career. Like this is, this is, she's at the fork in the road. And if this album doesn't do it, then she will not, she'll, she'll be relegated to just the pop world. Like she's always going to do numbers. She's always going to have followers. She's always going to chart. But when it comes to the hip hop conversation, the 
the people that care about the the culture, she's not going to be in those conversations. Fair. Uh, Gif, what do you think about the socks? I haven't listened to them. All righty, Mr. Savage, what do you think <laughs> about the socks? So, um, I, I'm I'm one that I definitely prefer uh, Chun Li to Barbie Ting's, but on both, I kind of felt like she was spitting. I kind of felt like maybe this is igniting a fire within her, like she's out here, you know, dropping straight bars for once instead of all that pop stuff. Um, I, for one, though, I, I don't want to see them beef. Like I, 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 I get tired of the whole everybody has the beef for whatever reason. Like, and it's sometimes it's for sales or attention or whatever. But I just want to see two women get out here, defy the odds, and get that paper. Like I don't want to see them beef because I don't think Cardi B. I don't think she can battle rap. I don't think she can rap. Her writers her. Are, are not on that level. Yeah, I don't I don't think or yeah, her writers are not on that level, so I definitely don't want to see her get torched. Oh, I mean, that was a that was another thing. Uh, Nikki did uh you know, she she threw a sub out there talking about she says since she came in the rap game, she's been writing her own verses from day one and it's never stopped. I was like, mm. 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 Oh, yes, shots fired, shots yeah. fired. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, you got to pick one. Like, I listen to Nicki Minaj and Cardi B fine, and I don't have an issue. Like, I don't feel like I need to choose. But hip hop is a competitive genre of music, and yep, I wouldn't mind seeing them beef. But my thing is, is keep it to the music. Like, if you want to beef, beef through music, do it through songs. I don't want to hear like interviews and you know shady Instagram posts. Like, if you're gonna beef with Cardi then do it on a song. If you're going to beef with Nikki, do it on a song. And then at the end of the day, they can come back. Like we, at five years from now, they could come back around and do a, a joint song or, or do like a legit, you know, feature where they're in the video together. Like it's, it's, it, people don't, people don't remember like all the terrible things Jay-Z and Nas said about each other. And they were able to come back from that. T.I. and Ludacris says some terrible things about each other, and they were able to come back from that. Nicki Minaj and Cardi B haven't said anything close to the level of what those guys have said. Now, if you want to beef on a record, I feel like they can do that. And I don't think it's a I don't think it would be an issue for for women in rap. I don't feel like it would be, oh, now you gotta choose. You gotta choose who you like. There can only be one. Like we can have we can have female rappers beef. It's just the fans take it to the next level where it's like, you got to get Cardi B out of here forever. You got to get Nicki Minaj out of here forever. I mean, like, just keep just it to the music. Though. Keep that's, it to the music. Twitter. Twitter is a weird place. I, I, I think that's kind of just on here, you know, hashtag on here. But yeah, I, I get it. That makes sense. So my thoughts on the Nicki Minaj songs, and again, just for, you know, transparency, I'm not a huge can, Nicki Minaj can fan. I, can, I can I interject it for one second? Yeah. Um, one of the People that has, of course, uh, been on the show affiliated with us. Uh, Slim Bella is another person that picks sides. Uh, shout out to Slim Bella. Like um, when we talked about the Jeezy versus Gucci thing, I kind of felt like she sided with Jeezy due to the beef. And even now, going with the, she said a quote about uh, people who like Nicki Minaj are just fake Barbie dolls or something like that. And it's just like, and I'm not trying to just group her into the box of everybody else, but people are going to, choose to pick sides and even though y'all pick beefs that were that people overcame 
there's been a hell of a lot of beefs to where people never overcame. Like the TI and Little Flip. You know, you didn't put tracks out on time, your career is just over. You know, Mike Jones and Trade of Truth, you get punched in the mouth, your career is over. Like, so I, I don't wanna I don't wanna see either one of them head down that slippery slope where something happens and it's just over. Well, yeah. I don't I don't see I don't see Nicki Minaj versus Cardi B turning into a, a Tupac and Biggie kind of thing. Like I don't feel like I don't feel like their stands care that much to like go out and, and fight in the streets. Like they'll fight on Twitter about it. Yeah, yeah. They'll fight on it. Instagram about it. But like you ain't gonna see no Nicki Cardi B stands out here fighting in Waffle House, you know what I'm saying? You ain't gonna see that. Right. Yeah. So Again, just while I was, before I was uh, cut off by Mr. Savage, I'm not a huge uh, Nicki Minaj fan. I'm not a huge Cardi B fan. But what I will say is none of them joints was better than any of Cardi B's singles, straight up. Like, that shit wasn't it. That just wasn't, nah. It's a no for me. So. Which which singles are you talking about? All of them or just the ones from her album? The the singles. Just the singles she put out. Like Bodak Yellow? Yeah. Uh, Cardi A, Cardi not better than any of those. And be careful. Not better than any of those. Wow. In my in my humble opinion. Wow. But hopefully the album's got some heat. I'm I'm definitely in the category of people that don't really care either way. But I'm gonna listen just because you know see what's good. But uh, that's just my two cents. So I need um, this album to be fire. I need it. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think she needs it too because I need to check the numbers. But I don't think those singles are doing Cardi B numbers. I can't confirm that. But you know that that is another interesting. Uh, metric that Cardi B stands will use like, oh, oh, the queen is dead. Cardi's here. Queen Cardi, stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see where everything is when the smoke clears out. So I'm pretty sure that I'm, I need to look it up. I wonder how many, what kind of numbers uh, Starships did. Cause that shit, I, that shit was a big ass song. <laughs> that song was huge. It was, it wasn't a good song, but it did amazing numbers. Mm. Yeah. So, just kind of real quick, sticking on numbers. This is one thing I, I want to talk about. I need to get this off my chest because I I feel like nowadays with companies and you know companies in general, I think that their new promotion is the uh, you know any publicity is good publicity. So I don't know if y'all have heard of this uh, publication or website called Pitchfork. So apparently, Pitchfork they rate albums, and I've heard about them before. I've seen them using metrics regarding uh, ranking people's albums or whatever. So. I'm I'm going to read a list of uh, albums that Pitchfork rated. And we're going to start with the most recent with Cardi B Invasion of Privacy, right? Cool. All right, so save save all comments and reservations, and you can add me at Southbreeze706, and you can uh, kind of let me know what you think about this on Twitter, right? All right, Cardi B Invasion of Privacy, Pitchfork rated a 8.7 out of 10. Cool. The Black Panther album was rated a 7.5. Fetty Wap's album was rated a 7.6. Migos Culture 1 was rated an 8.1. Migos Culture 2 was rated a 6.4. Jay-Z's American Gangster, 8.6. Jay-Z The Blueprint, 8.7. Jay-Z The Black Album, 8.0. Jay-Z and Kanye West Watch the Throne, 8.5. Kanye West 808s and Heartbreaks, 7.6. Kanye West College Dropout, 8.2. The Game, The Documentary, 8.3. Scarface the Fix 6.3 and just for kicks and giggles I looked up an album that I I love that I was listening to uh, at the gym recently uh, Mississippi the album by David Banner is not even rated on their website and that is an excellent album so 
what what do y'all what what's going on? Yeah. How is the Black Panther album rated lower than <laughs> what? <laughs> yo, like, yo. <laughs> what the hell? Who who is behind this? Like, what color people are behind this website? Mm, and, That's and, what I want to know. Yeah, so there's a lot of Nathans and uh, Joel, the uh, Joes and uh, Maddies <laughs> and Shans okay. with a W. So, and I'm All not. Right. And it makes is, sense. It's it's jokes, but I mean I'm not saying that there's some there's definitely white people that are in the culture of the culture. Uh Michael Pratt's a good example. Great guy. He's not like a what people would call a culture voice. He knows his shit. Like he's on top of his game. But damn, I'd love to have him on to talk about these ratings. But yeah, some of them shits was egregious. Like I, I saw, saw wait, wait, hold well, on. No, no, no. I saw somebody on Twitter. Literally, Invasion of Privacy is rated higher on Pitchfork than every Jay-Z album except Reasonable Doubt. Now, some of them, it might be warranted. No, actually, none of it's warranted. Every album he's put out, except Reasonable Doubt, Invasion of Privacy is rated high, higher than. What the hell? College Dropout? Wow. Like, my, my thing is, The Fix is considered a five-star album, probably top five albums of all time. Uh, shout out to Houston and Scarface. And it's rated, like, in the sixes? Like, really? Jeez. One of the greatest rap albums ever in the sixes? Like, your whole rating system is trash. It's it's just been debunked by that one rating. Uh, Mississippi, the album, I mean, maybe because he was coming from out of nowhere, coming from Mississippi Underground, I can understand that not being rated at all, but some of the stuff just doesn't make sense. Like, even, it, it was rated higher than American Gangster, right? Yep. That, that's that been one of the best albums I've heard in, like, quite a long time. Um, I, I would be interested to see where was Good Kid, Mad City rated as well. Um, that's another great album. Yeah, I'm I'm looking that up real quick. Just keep talking. Okay, I, I just I mean to me, I understand we got the hype train going. Um, we're all Team Cardi B and all this. We wanted to succeed. Let's be realistic here. Like the the album is not on that level. Like it, it's for what it is, a great party album. It's good to go, but it's like really y'all rating it that high? Like come on, man. And like to, it's just been it just came out like a week ago. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, is this just like an initial review? Will they do another one? Or like, come on! I know the the I don't even know if the source even exists anymore. But um, <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. I, I would wonder what the source rated well, it. They gave they gave Good Kid, Mad City a nine nine and a half. So, yeah. okay. and that's weird because like it's I don't know how they like how you can bounce from you know that's a legit rating. Than to go to that, like, I still don't see how you can give College Dropout as low as they rated it. An see, that, was, that was a longer album, though. So I mean, maybe after I don't know. And then who? How long has Pitchfork been around? Like, are they backtracking the ratings or? Yeah, and see, that's the thing. I don't know exactly their rating system or if it changes if it's a a, a rolling scale with the times and the streaming. But like that, that's kind of crazy. That's yeah, kind of crazy. That's that's terrible. That just goes to show that they don't really value anything. <laughs> they just like, oh, who's hot right now? All right, let's give them a good rating. Get people mad, basically. So, section eighty got an eight, eight, eight overall, eight point oh. What did, what did they give Cardi's number, uh, album again? An eight point seven. Wow. They tripping. Yeah, yeah. that's super high. Yeah. If you, act, if you actually read Pitchfork at me, 
so I know because I don't know anybody that reads that magazine or well, reads just, anything from that. I just saw it on on Twitter. People were like kind of making a stink about it. Like, okay, I'm looking at the people that reviewed Good Kid, Mad City, or the, uh, reviewed all Kendrick's albums. So the person that reviewed Damn is a dude named Matthew Trammell. Um, Good old Good Matthew. Kid, Mad City, Jason Green, uh, Pimp Butterfly, Craig Jenkins. He might be a brother. And uh, that's, section, a, that's a black ass name, Craig Jenkins. Hey, second eighty, Tom Brahan. So I, these are just the the characters that I hear rate these albums. Let me see who rated her out. Let's get this person's name. Let's see, Cardi B. Da, 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 da. One album, Sheldon Pierce rated Cardi B's album. Sheldon. An eight, an eight isn't that the dude from the Big Bang Theory? <laughs> so if if anybody on Twitter knows a black Sheldon, please add me, and I need to see a picture too. Uh, Sheldon Richardson, a... isn't it like a player in the NFL? Sheldon, Sheldon Richardson. I'm talking about in real life. He might as well be a uh, gladiator. I'm talking about in your personal interactions. If you know a Sheldon, please add me at Southbridge Seven Hundred Six and let me know. I would like to speak to him, see what's really good. But yeah, again, I just want to just point that out. So. With metrics and ratings, you, you kind of have to dig a little deeper. And this is why I don't necessarily care for metrics all the time. I know they have their places. Shout out to Elitist Jalen, who's the metrics guy with football. Elite. Hashtag Elitist Jalen. But, yeah, it, it's one of those things where you have to kind of know where these ratings are coming from, man. Like, you can't take – for example, if you're in, let's say, uh, people – okay, this happened to me. I talked about this a long time ago on the podcast. But I had some fried chicken and uh, – in Soho in New York City. If you don't know about Soho, it's one of the uh, richer parts of New York City, right? So essentially, to make a long story short, it was gentrified chicken. So the ratings were very good, but I'm pretty sure if I went to Harlem or any Popeyes on any block, it would have been 100 times better. You know what I'm saying? So you got to be careful what you get your rating from and how seriously you take these ratings. So that that was my kind of kind of spiel on that. So shout out to Pitchfork. I'm definitely going to go block them on Twitter as soon as I get off the podcast because they're egregious but these are the people to move the needle these are the people that run things so just uh you know be safe out there hmm. yeah i don't know if they move the needle because well, i've never heard of pitchfork <laughs> not well i think if you look in like any rating systems their rating is going to be on there too you know what i'm saying yeah Regardless. i mean it, it also is i mean we're they're they're rating and reviewing music so it's kind of like you can only it's subjective you know it's your opinion you can't be like one person says it's good, another person says it's bad. I'm not trying to justify their rating because no objective listener can listen to a Cardi B album and say it's better than every Jay-Z album outside of Reasonable Doubt. Like no one is going to do that. Cardi B would even say that. So it's, you got to be careful with who you get your information from. Like you just can't, you can't go to everybody. You got to have people that you trust. Like there's certain people, if they tell me a song is hot, I'm like, okay, I'm going li- to listen to it. I'm going to at least check it out. There's other people, if they tell me a song is good or an album's good, I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. If, if you're saying it's good, then it's probably trash. So you just got to you gotta, you gotta vet certain people. Like There's certain people out there who, who I trust with their music opinions, and there's other people where I'm like, no. No thank mm-hmm. you. Yep. <clears throat> that, ma- <clears throat> that makes sense. So, uh, yeah, definitely go block Pitchfork because they are hella trash. But so there's been some uh, football seasons coming around. I think the draft is in 11 days. So we don't really talk sports too much on this podcast. 
Uh, the Dirty Bird Nation report will be dropping the episode probably after the draft. So shout out to all the Falcons fans that also listen here. But yeah, so uh, Carla Kaepernick. So I know Marcus, he wants to talk about this. He he recently had a, I guess, alleged tryout schedule with the Seattle Seahawks. Like what happened with that? Well, he had a he had an interview with the team, and they you know with interviews they schedule you know workouts, and uh, during the interview, they asked him. Are you going to kneel for the national anthem still? Like, are you still going to do that? And Colin Kaepernick didn't give them the answer that they they wanted. Now, he didn't say that he was going to continue to kneel, but he also didn't say he wasn't. He was very noncommittal, kind of. I don't want to say he was wish-washy, but he was like, basically, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I kind of, I'm kind of worried about, well, let me let me backtrack. He said all that, and then the team decided to postpone his workout, essentially just saying, like, all right, well, we're pretty much not going to sign you. And I've said, you know, months ago that I don't think Colin Kaepernick is ever going to play in the NFL again. Now, I guess my question to, to everybody listening and to you guys here is, at some point, are fans going to turn – not not NFL fans, but fans of Colin Kaepernick and fans of what he's doing – are they at some point going to turn on him? Because the reason he knelt for the national anthem is to draw attention to, you know, worthy causes such as racism and police brutality and, you know, people of color not getting equal treatment and fair rights and all that stuff. And that was, he knelt to draw attention, to bring attention to those issues. And all last year he did that. And he wasn't even in the league last year. And it was still a talking point. He raised a million dollars. He donated a million dollars to all these causes. People are now talking about it. Other players knelt. Other people did stuff. A lot of good things have happened because he knelt, you know, a year and a half ago. And at this point, does does he need to continue to kneel if that means he won't be able to play in the NFL? Like, that's a good question like should he keep kneeling like because that's that's because at i don't i don't remember his his contract situation with the 49ers i know he's made a, a good grip of money like he's he he's set for life you know what i'm saying but wouldn't wouldn't it help the cause a little bit more if he was actually in the nfl and on an nfl team because he could still do the same things that he's doing but as far as like volunteering his time uh, giving money, but he clearly wants to play in the NFL. So why, why, why not stand for the anthem? Like, I, I understand why he didn't a year and a half ago, but at this point, you've—I'm not—I don't know. Well, at this point, he's already fully committed. Like, to a lot of people that support him. Well, first of all, again. When he did it initially, there was a lot of people that questioned his actions. So again, he's in one of those situations. I feel that it's a damn if you do, damn if you do, damn if you don't. Because when he actually was doing stuff, you know, he literally had to, you know, let people know, hey, I'm actually out here doing stuff. I'm actually giving money because people continuously questioned him. So now, if he turns around and says, you know, I'm not going to kneel, they're going to come right back at him like, oh, he wasn't really about this cause. He did it for attention. You know, as soon as he got a, no, as soon no, as he got a check, he started kneeling. There, there's. It, there, I, don't, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I buy that because there's the Clay Travis's of the world that'll say stuff like that. Because he, you know but he did, but he did the work though. Like, I mean, there's obviously there's that side that are looking for 
Like he raised a million dollars and people are still going to find a negative about it. Exactly. Can't do nothing about that. I'm talking about people that legitimately care about what he's doing and agree with what he's doing. Are we going to look like if he, if he signed with the Denver Broncos, for example, and you know, the first game he's standing for the Anthem, are we going to consider him a sellout now for standing? Is that something that anybody would consider? It's gonna, it's gonna become a distraction. Like it's gonna become a news story. Oh, Colin Kaepernick stands for the anthem. The protest is over. Is the protest over? Does he still care about police brutality? Like it's, it's like I said, it's damn if you do, damn if you don't. I think at this point he's just doing it just to prove the collusion thing. Like, hey, it shouldn't matter what I do regarding standing or kneeling, sitting for the anthem. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what you're here to do. You're here to provide a service. Can you provide that service? Yes or no. That that's what it should be. And when you see sorrier players like Blaine Gabbard or whoever looks like Sean Morris or whatever, a lot of the backups are not at the level of him as him. So that's it. He's proven he's proven the point that they are essentially blackballed. So we all know what it is. It's 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 plain plain and simple. You can see it with with two eyes closed. So that's my two cents. Mr. Savage, you got any, got anything to say, bro? Or? Okay. <laughs> Mr. Savage is taking a knee in front of the crack pipe again. So <laughs> we will <laughs> we will move on. No, I, but just to, to wrap that whole thing up, I I feel like he should there there is no rule that says he has to stand like there isn't a rule that says you have to stand for the anthem. Like right. There's not there's nothing saying that he has not to yet. do it. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. like, there might be one, you know, around the bend. But I mean, it's it's not even just Kaepernick. It's uh, Eric Reed, the safety. Like he's actually a legit good safety, mm-hmm. and teams are interviewing him and saying like, "Hey, we want you to come play." But what are you going to do with the anthem? And he's he's a little bit more like, "Yeah, I'm still kneeling." Like he's not even on the fence. Like he's not saying I will or I won't. He's saying I'm not. You know what yeah. I'm saying, but it's 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 a it's a tough situation. It is. It's a. I guess it and and for me, it depends on. As far as viewing him as like, oh, you a sellout now, or you're not really about it. Like, if the NFL owner comes to him, and says, "You're not going to kneel because I said so," and if color if Ka- Kaepernick agrees with that, I would kind of be looking at him sideways. But if an NFL owner was like, hey, I would I would like you to stand just to, you know, not have any outside drama and, you know, have a press conference saying, hey, we're going to donate money to whatever Collins' causes are. And you could nip it in the bud right there. Like if, if an owner or GM or a team does that, then this, this story goes away because the only reason – this is still a thing is because NFL owners and GMs keep shooting themselves in the foot by not giving him a chance, by not signing him. If we, if Colin Kaepernick gets signed three months ago and had all these other bums, then this isn't a story anymore. But it's it's back in the news cycle. And the people that hate it, it's, you know, they're activated and the people who are a fan of it are activated. So it's just the NFL could get rid of this problem, quote unquote problem, if they wanted to. But they're just... They're behind on the times on this kind of stuff. Yeah, so good luck. I mean, a lot of people are still not watching the NFL because of that reason. So 
we'll, we'll see what happens. So and this actually really is a good transition, good segue into our next topic, because these, these two things kind of tie together. So if you've been watching the news, there was a Starbucks in Philly, right? So the long and the short is that two black men came in the store. Uh, they had a seat. They uh, used the bathroom. And some of the employees were saying, hey, these guys trespassing, like, hey, we'd like y'all to leave because, you know, y'all, y'all aren't buying anything. So essentially, they were waiting for their friend to show up who showed up after the cops got there. But they were pretty much arrested momentarily. Well, they were detained for eight hours because they went into a Starbucks and sat down. So I'm going to ask both of y'all, have y'all ever been to a Starbucks before? I ask all the listeners. Y'all have all been to Starbucks, correct? Yep. Yeah. What are 95% of the people doing at Starbucks? Sitting down. On their computer, writing their screenplays. Half of them don't even have a cup of water. That that's the that's the point here. So the guy came in and was like, hey, like, why are you, you know, messing with these guys? We're having a meeting out there waiting on me. You know, they're just hanging out. And the guy in the video even asked everybody around, like, hey, like, is there a problem here? Everybody's like, nah. Guy still got arrested. So shout out to the funky ass Philadelphia police commissioner, Richard Ross, who said a lot of bullshit and was like, my officers did nothing wrong. Uh, they were called for trespassing. Uh, they were within their rights to do this. I'm like, he's like, oh, you know, we have all of our officers and commanders trained properly. You know, we send them to the Holocaust Museum and the African-American Museum to show them blah, 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 blah. I'm thinking in my head. So first of all, you send your officers on field trips. Uh, first, first and foremost. So second of all, you can do all that, but lack the common sense to understand that, hey, these guys aren't doing anything wrong. They're going to do what people at Starbucks do, which is sit down and chill, have meetings, write screenplays, do homework, study. But because some funky ass Starbucks employee felt uncomfortable, how do you trespass at a Starbucks? That's what I want to know. I don't understand how this works. They said that it's the company's policy or the store. It has to be the company's policy because it's a franchise. So they all have the same rules. So apparently they're they're their policy is that you cannot go in the store and not buy anything. But we've all seen this happen. We've all probably done this before. You're at the mall, you just want to have a seat, you know, chill in a Starbucks for a while, use the Wi-Fi. So I, I don't get how this is not an issue. And again, these two gentlemen were detained for eight hours because of this. So, yeah. What, what are y'all's thoughts? It's ridiculous. Like, we can't go anywhere and do anything. They're literally sitting there. I have waited for people my, by myself inside of Starbucks, not bought anything. I've gone to use a bathroom without buying anything inside of a Starbucks. People do it all of the time. They just walk in and sit down. Like, I think it was the manager who was the one who called um, the police on these these guys. Like, what were they doing? Like, they weren't going to steal anything. Who steals from Starbucks? Like, seriously, when do you go on the news and be like, oh, Starbucks got robbed by this group of people or robbed, period. Nobody robs from Starbucks. So, like, the point of calling the police was for what? Because they were sitting there, a couple of black guys just sitting at a table talking. You were afraid of them, so you decided to call the police. Like, what the fuck? I don't, I don't understand. We can't do anything anymore. Have y'all read the article that came out? They interviewed people that were in that Starbucks. There's people that were in that in that same Starbucks saying that they had been in there for an hour or two just hanging out, not buying anything. 
yeah, you know, someone, and, go ahead. And on the video, you can see, uh, I think either one or two men that were in there, like white men in there, like, uh, what's going on? Why are they being detained? They haven't done anything. They're just sitting there. And the police still took them, like. Yeah. Know. Yeah, and, and some businesses where they don't want you to, like, I've, I've seen stores where they're like, hey, you know, the bathroom is only for people that pay, buy stuff for customers only, but they have like a sign that says that yep. Starbucks is Starbucks is not that kind of place. Starbucks is a place where you go to have interviews, where you go to use the Wi-Fi. It's pretty much a library with coffee. Like that's what it is. And there were plenty of people at that same Starbucks at that exact same time doing the exact same thing that these two guys were doing. And only these two guys were arrested. And there's, there's only one difference between those two guys and everybody else that was there. You know, there's people that came into that store, didn't buy anything, used the bathroom and hung out. No issues. There's people that came in there, sat down, used up all the Wi-Fi, took up a seat that a paying customer could have used and nothing happened to them. No one called the cops on them. So why are you calling the police on these two guys? And for, for for the manager to not have a valid reason for calling the police on these two kids, or I don't know how old they are, two gentlemen or however old they are, there was that he should be fired. These two guys should get some kind of settlement from Starbucks. And for that department to arrest them anyway, when the manager couldn't give a valid reason and these two didn't commit a crime and they they didn't get released until two in the morning. They're probably going to end up having to, the police department's probably going to end up having to pay them also. So it's like, if you guys would just stop, <laughs> if the Starbucks employee would just not be racist, you would save your company millions of dollars. Just it's, it, it's so it's, it's easy just to not, well, maybe it's not easy. I was going to say it's easy to not be racist, but for some people they can't. They can't help it. Like, like in this situation, clearly it's not. <laughs> like he just couldn't contain himself. He, he he was in such fear for his life that he was like, well, these two guys are standing out, even though everybody's been here just hanging out. But these two guys, for some reason, they got to get out of here. Like, and it's like, if you want them to leave, be a grown up and go over there and tell them, hey, you two guys need to leave. Like if you're, if you're that, if you're that, uh, if you're that, you know, bold about it, Go to their face, be a grown up, and tell them, "Hey, get out of here." Yep. But now you want to be—you want to go in the back room and and get on the phone and whisper to have them escorted out because you're too afraid to stand with your racism. Like, if you're gonna be racist, be racist with your chest out. Be that's all a, the way racist. That's a crazy city to be racist in. Like, Philly is hella black. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been the nice side of Philly, but I mean, that's a weird place to be racist. Like, that's out of control. My thing is, I hope these gentlemen do get paid. I hope they collect the bag. I did see conflicting story because I saw the interview with uh, Richard Ross, who's probably cousins with uh, Sheriff Coon Clark. But uh, he was saying that they were, after they were processed and the people at Starbucks decided not to press charges, they were released. But the Washington Post said that they were detained for eight hours. So they might have drugged their feet in the processing. I don't know what happened. So, But he was really adamant trying to protect his officers, which I get that's his job. But you can't do all that training and not give people common sense. Like nobody's doing anything. The guy they're doing the meeting with showed up. 
confirmed that, hey, and that's sad that he has confirmed these guys are here for him. Like, this is one of the issues we were having. Like, I, I've been talking on Twitter with a uh, shout to Samara at XXDPSFXX. She lives in the UK, and we we're talking about uh, if, if is America's as racist as it's portrayed to be. And I'm like, well, it's not as bad as you might think, but depending on where you live, it's definitely in the back of your head, if that makes sense. Like, you know, I'm not here running around with a shank all the time with a gun in my car. Like, I live my life pretty normally, but, you know, depending on, you know, how tall you are, how big you are, how muscular you are, maybe if, you know, if you look older than you are, you could be looked at a different way by certain people. Like, you can't get too loud if you're a black man. You can't be too big if you're a black man in America. So I was like, eh, it's not too bad, but stuff like this. Like, you can't even go to a Starbucks to kick it without being, having the police called on you, detained for essentially a day's work of worth, hours-wise. For what? For nothing. And that's like the international, like, kick it place. Like, that's the place that people go to just hang out at. And maybe yeah. buy coffee. Or meet someone at, especially in a mall or somewhere. Everyone can locate a Starbucks. Like, wherever well, you're at, you can find a Starbucks. Well, that's, that's part of the thing, though. Like, places that have Wi-Fi, the draw is that, you know, or places that are comfortable like that, the draw is for you to come in and that most likely you'll buy something. These people just happen not to, but again, that shouldn't be a reason to be kicked out. So, again, I hope Starbucks gets uh, sued somehow. I hope these guys get paid. Um, I hope the cops get rep- reprimanded or fired, which they probably won't because, uh, you know, cops do whatever they want, apparently. And uh, unfortunately, I saw people on Twitter kind of get mad on this, you know, hashtag boycott Starbucks. But let's keep it a buck. We've said this in the podcast before. Nothing gets canceled. Like, even as crazy as this, as this is, I don't know if I can cancel Starbucks. I'm not even a big Starbucks fan like that. But it's one of those things is like it's, it's almost like we're at the point as black people are people that, you know, try to stay true to these things. We have to keep a list a long list of things in our pocket that we cannot support. At some point, we're just going to pretty much stay at home in the dark because at some point, the cable company is going to do something racist. The electric company is going to do something racist. The plumber is going to do something racist. We'll be sitting in the house like, all right, it's, well, I can't, I can't support nothing. It's just, <laughs> a shame. It's, it's just a shame that people can't just, well, black people specifically, specifically can't just be, you know what I'm saying? Like, we can't just go out and just live life normally. Like, cause there's, there's certain places that I walk into and I'm like, all right, I'm the only black person here. All right. Am I dressed appropriately for this place? You know, I got a, a beard, I got tattoos. Are they going to say something to me? Like normal, most people just go places. They just live their life. You know, they don't think about that. And I, I try to live my life like that. Like I don't really, I don't really go to places that have like dress codes. You know what I'm saying? Like if it's a nice restaurant, I'll put on some jeans and maybe put on a button up, but I'm not putting on suits to go places. Like I have money. I can, I should be able to wear whatever I want to this place. Obviously I'm not going to go in there like shirtless and with sandals with my feet out, but I should be able to go places in America and be comfortable and be, and feel safe. And that's not the case when you look like we look like there's always going to be, you know, why is this person following me? Is this person, do they think I'm going to steal? Are, are they on the phone with the police? Why is this person still watching me? And that's, and that's something that these two guys, they're going to be thinking about that no matter, like for the rest of their lives, that's all they're going to think about. Every time they go into any store, when anybody comes to talk to them, the first thing they're going to think about is, am I going to go to jail again just for being 
am I going to end up in jail until two in the morning just for being? And that's that's a that's a shitty part. That's that's that sucks. Yes, and we'll probably be called racist again for this, but this is this is life. This is what we people that look like us deal with. It's uh, it's reality, man. You can't deny that. If you deny that, you need to look inside yourself because you have a problem. So, yeah, that was that's a bit heavy, but it is what it is, man. We live in every world. Everything can't be, you know, pineapples and rainbows or whatnot. So, uh, you know, it is what it is, man. Starbucks is still gonna be out here flourishing, making their millions and. We're also going to drink it for the most part. So, yep. Unless Uh-oh. you're a real one and a non coffee drinker and you like to drink some trill tea. Shout out to Chaz. Definitely hey. check out drink. Hey, hey, you like hey, that. Hey, hey, you, hey. you like that. You like that. <laughs> yeah. So, definitely check out Chaz at, at Drink Trill Tea. Uh, we're definitely working with him. So, we got some things coming soon. So, uh, definitely check him out. Tea is actually, I think, a lot better for you than coffee, to be honest. So, um, definitely check them out. I know we don't want to end on a super heavy note. So I know Marcus was going to uh, hijack El Chapa or as Adolphus Savage say, El Slapa's wine it out. So <laughs> go ahead and wrap it up. Okay. I've, I've actually, I'm actually drinking wine right now. Um, it's a, it's a white wine. It's, it's not super sweet, but it's not, you know, really strong. I'm trying to, it's called wrestling, wrestling. I can't really, I really don't know what it's called. I can't really read it because it's in German. It's in German and I don't speak German. You know, if you have a, if you have a nigga that speaks German, <laughs> you bring him out. Welcome, welcome, the, to can, welcome to Candyland. Exactly. What's the point of having, what's the point of having a nigga that speaks German if you can't bring that nigga out for your German guest? That's something else. <laughs> Hershville Coleman. There we go. I can see that <laughs> in German. Guntag. <laughs> Wiener Schnitzel. There yeah, we go. It's yeah. Yeah. Wooden shout shoes. Out, like shout, out to, shout out to J.B. Fox. Uh, anyways. Shout I, out to Oscar. Yeah. I was another, watching, another one. <laughs> another one. <laughs> I was watching uh, a couple of videos from the, from the uh, Coachella performance. And Ooh. one... Scissor was singing, or if you quote unquote singing, <laughs> and my, oh God, my God, Scissor, what the fuck Ooh. was that? Like oh. I, oh, I was very disappointed. Like I know there's some artists that sound really good in the studio, and she is one of them. There's some artists that sound pretty good on TV. She might be that, but in a crowd full of a bunch of people, woo, Scissor, like you, you're making me reconsider. If I want to go, well, I already paid for the concert. Like, I'm going to see Kendrick and TDE on tour in Atlanta next month. And she's going to be there. And SZA, I promise you, if you sound like that, if you sound that bad live while I'm in your presence, I'm going to boo you so loud. <laughs> My God, SZA. My you God. May, you may have to bring some earplugs with you. Uh, yeah, man. That's. I have no it's comment, horrible. Man. I have no comment. Uh, yeah, so I guess that was just wine. Says to get your act together. We almost forgot about Baychella because I was definitely about to. Who is we? No, we did not. So we have uh, a member of the Bay High for representation because I clearly did not watch the second of uh, the Beyonce thing. Like, I'm just not a huge Beyonce fan. It's it's just not for me. I don't get it. Can I say something before we get into the Baychella? I would like to. 
I would like to, I humbly come before the bay, the beehive and I ask for forgiveness. I ask for forgiveness for not being able to stay up until two in the morning. I ask Wash. for forgiveness. I ask Wash. for forgiveness for not being Wash. a loyal member. Wash. I'm a card carrying member Shame. of the beehive and Shame. I should have been there. And I let, I let the hive down. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to, I let the hive down. Shame. I should have been there. I should have been there live tweeting it. Beyonce needed my support. I should have been there. I messed up. I need to do better. I need to manage my time better. When Beyonce is performing, that needs to be my priority. Like I need to set out time for the queen and I didn't and I messed up. And what? thankfully, thankfully, one Crafty Cake said that I have a week to, to watch the performance and I will, I will watch this performance. And I will tweet about it. And I will, if it, you know what? If any Beehive member is listening to this and they don't feel like my apology was appropriate enough and I didn't come off as humble as I should have been. And if I need to be suspended for a determined amount of time, then that's just what it's going to have to be because I messed up. And I'd just like to, I'd like to personally apologize to Beyonce. I'm sorry. You know what? No, I don't want to apologize to Beyonce. I would like to personally apologize to Blue Ivy, because we know she put that whole thing together. She put a lot of work to get Beyonce into Coachella, especially after last uh, last year when she was originally supposed to perform, but couldn't because she got pregnant. So Blue Ivy Carter, I am, I'm sorry, I apologize. This will not happen again. I will be there and I will I will stand. That, 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 that's it. Well, that's you. Me, I need sleep. So I did not see <laughs> <laughs> this live like 2 a.m no thanks i don't i don't stay up for anybody like you got to be like dying for me to stay up with you at 2 a.m in the morning or i gotta be clubbing or drunk something like that anyways i am bald right now i don't <laughs> wear weave i don't wear wigs this um. hair is a hundred percent mine and i am bald right now Beyonce snatched all of my edges. I'm bald. I am, who's bald? I am Dan Quinn up in this studio right now because Beyonce took away all of my hair and my edges. That performance was probably the best performance she oh has done God. as of yet. Even though I have not watched every performance she has done because I am a new member of the hive like a couple years ago new member after lemonade dropped and then i went to see her on the formation world tour let me tell y'all it's life-changing it was like that was my first ever time seeing her in concert she changed my whole entire life and i bowed down i did i bowed oh down God. to beyonce uh, shut up breeze this isn't about you it's about Beyonce. Anyways, your fave could never. She did four outfit changes. She brought back Destiny's Child without those bums that she let go a long time ago. Damn. Damn. Did I say that out loud? Savage. I'm not sorry. Savage. And like she said, suck on my balls. Oh. Woo! Oh, right. That was everything. Time, time for you to go to sleep. You were out here. Wow. 
It's not time for me to go to sleep. It's bedtime. Did you see that? No, I didn't. My you didn't. needed to see. I am a part of the Beyonce sorority. I don't even know. What is it called? Beyonce, Delta, whatever. Whatever. I'm not a part of it. Okay? I'm not, I don't even do sororities and all that crap. But I'm in Beyonce's. Okay? I'm buying that sweatshirt. I'm going to walk around with it. If anybody in any Greek organization has anything to say to me, y'all can come up to me and say something stupid about it and get mace. Okay? I don't care. I don't care. Oh, wow. Oh. We're, at, we're basing people's no. 2018. Look, no. Look, if you haven't, if you, if you haven't seen on Twitter, some members of the Divine Nine and some Blacks that are not Divine Nine Greek organizations, first of all, y'all need, need to be talking since you're not even in the Divine Nine. Go on somewhere with your white organization and get out of my face. But they are threatening to jump people and hurt people and cat people that wear Beyonce's letters. Yeah, her good, made up letters. Good luck with that. Good so, luck. <laughs> right. Come to me on some crap. I will mace you. Like it won't even be we don't we don't have to have hands. I'm going to mace you. And I need that other yellow sweater with her new logo on it. That was amazing. Also, HBCU Twitter that's been very upset with Beyonce for not representing HBCUs and blah blah blah. Well, she just did that last night, tonight whatever at two in the morning she just brought back marching bands and snatched off all of your edges so she doesn't want to hear y'all's mouths anymore and she was the first black female headliner at coachella and she gave them the blackest black performance of your life what more do you want from her and she's gonna do it again next week She's going to take my scalp like in Django <laughs> when they scalp the man. Like she's literally going to take it and scalp it. I'm going to be walking around here. And y'all can just see my brain and my skull. Mm. My, my, my question is uh -oh. Uh -oh. how how does she keep getting better? Like I feel like at some point we're going to have to start testing Beyonce for like HGH or steroids or something. Because if you watch some of her earlier performances, they're not on this level. Like her energy level is way up. She's singing better. Her vocal range has gotten better. I, what is she doing? Like what? What is? What is the secret here? What is the secret? The secret sauce that is Beyonce that allows her to continue to get better as she gets older. She's like That's easy talent, hard, talent, hard work, and money. Okay, but Father Pretty Time, no. Father no. Father Time is undefeated. Father Time eventually catches talent, up everybody. Hard work, modern technology. And unlimited resources. Okay, talk to Peyton, talk, talk to Peyton Manning about that. Yeah, he had the steroids for a little while, but you know they don't test for stuff like that in singing, so we don't know what she's doing. She's going to she's going to Germany to get the blood transfusions like Kobe did, so you know keep her fresh. I say it's the Matthew Knowles class. Mm. He made her. Matthew Knowles made her. No, regardless of what their relationship is now, he made her what she is today like he instilled all of this in her she has the best team around her you know what i'm saying like she's involved in everything all would, the process i would love to see like beyonce in an honest moment because 
I, I firmly, firmly believe that Beyonce and Kanye West are the same person when it comes to what they do. As far as like, you know how Kanye is, Kanye is when he's talking about music, how passionate he gets, how angry he gets, how, you know, vocal he is about it. I feel like Beyonce is the same way, but she's more, she's more polished. She's not going to go on a Twitter rant. She's not going to get up on the stage at the Grammys or the MTV Awards or the BET Awards. She's not going to do all that. But I feel like behind the scenes, Beyonce is like, like Kanye West, like exactly the same way. Because when you're that great at what you do, you kind of have to be like, I, I guarantee Beyonce is the cockiest artist out here. She just doesn't show it. Like she can't show it for her image, but she's probably hella cocky. She probably wants everything done exactly her way. She's probably super hard headed and wants, and it's just super passionate about it. The same way Kanye West is. The only difference is, is Kanye West gets on Twitter and starts talking about it. He gets on Instagram and puts it in your face. Yeah, he actually has been tweeting recently. So yeah, that was yeah. that was yeah. He's back on Twitter. I had to make sure it was like, is this recent or I had to check the dates. But just real quick to cut in, uh, Pitchfork gave Beyonce's Lemonade an eight point five review. The fuck out of here. <laughs> Fuck out they, they do that and in the same breath they say with 2013's Beyonce MJ level talent met pop perfectionism in a moment that defined album cycle disruption so you say all that and then still rate it lower than Cardi B's album give her an 8.5 so yeah I was curious I need to know they're out of control yeah Pittsburgh is ridiculous but to address Marcus, they oh, have. Wow, I am Sasha Fear got a five point seven. What the fuck? What the? <laughs> <laughs> so all the Bayhive members, y'all need to go uh, get Pitchfork out the paint, please, for all. Yes. Of us. Please like, uh, get, unite yourselves and get get this get them out the paint. So. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, um, they have behind the scenes um, of Beyonce. There's videos out. She knows what she wants. She wants people to execute it. She signs off on everything. I don't, they didn't have it showed her be like cocky. I don't know if she's cocky to me. This is just my take. She knows that we're going to buy anything that she puts out. You know what I'm saying? So she doesn't really have to actually be cocky out loud, like outward to people because she already knows. Like we're always in line. Well, I'm recently, but a lot of the crazy stands, they're always in line. They're always ready. They're going to promote it. They're going to find the hidden messages. They're going to figure everything out. So all she has to do is say something or post a picture. They're going to decipher it, and bam, she's getting her money. But as far as her, like, she knows what she wants. She said it. She's like, people, they call me a bitch, but... I just know what I want and I want people to do it now. I want people, they don't listen to me and I have to get mad and, you know, and yell for them to listen and for them to do what I want. But well, that, that's, that's just being a black woman, black woman in America. Like that's going to come with the territory. True, like yeah. at some point, at some point, like, you know, you have to be Beyonce and, and even still people won't take you seriously. And that's, that kind of yeah. sucks. Or it does suck. It sucks a lot. Yeah, and in the video, it shows, like, she's like, all right, are y'all ready? No, and everybody's talking. They're still talking to each other, not even listening to her. She's like, see, this is what happens. 
And then when I yell, they want to get mad at me and blah, blah, blah. But I don't like yelling. But I've said, are you ready? Are y'all ready? Like three, four times. And everybody's still talking to each other. It's like that. Like, so I don't know. I love her. Sure. I love this performance. I have money set aside for <sighs> when she drops those sweaters. Because, you know, I'm in a sorority now. It's coming. You know it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. I, I dead ass. I put aside money just so I could buy those. Shout out to all the people that her. tuned out doing all this Beyonce talk. So I'm, I'm yeah. You're such a hater. Like, it's 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 crazy that like I, I've I've been to her one of her shows, and the fact that she signs off on everything that happens, the amount of things that happen during one one show, and she signs off on all that. Like that's a lot crazy. of work. That's a lot of work because. You gotta consider she has to go through like, all right, what songs am I gonna go through? What's the order of the songs? What kind of dancing? What kind of choreography? What are the background people? Like everything. And for her to be like, yeah, I'm signing off on everything. I'm not leaving one stone unturned. It's it's yeah. just a, a salute to it's her work ethic. Crazy. And in this performance, they brought out um former shit. What school is that? FAMU section leaders into the performance. They found them. They found uh, people in the Divine Nine and interviewed them to come on and perform with her. Like, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. We have to take South Breeze to a Beyonce show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's definitely not going to happen. But it's, go, it's going to happen. I think we've uh, reached the peak, so uh, we're going to stop here because I'm sick of hearing about Beyonce. So shout out to everybody listening to the podcast. Appreciate you checking that out. Can't wait for the beehive to get you. Uh, the beehive is not real. Uh, you can follow me at Southbreeze706, uh, Marcus underscore sniffles, and uh, underscore lethal saint, I think. That's right. Lethal saint underscore. Whatever. Your Twitter handle is garbage. Um, <laughs> You're garbage. Can, can, I, can, I leave, can I leave with one with one thing? I'm going to leave with this. Uh-oh. It's, a, it's a quote. It says, I cannot stand and sing the national anthem. I cannot salute the flag. I know that I am a black man in a white world. That's that is a quote from Jackie Robinson, and that was posted on Colin Kaepernick's Instagram page. Wow! But they love old Jackie Robinson, though. Oh they yeah, I want to leave a quote too. Uh, South Street, so- suck on my balls. Done. I mean, if that's how you're put together, I mean, it's a new world. You can live like that. But I have a lot of other questions I'll probably DM you about. So oh, I, I finally discovered a a closing tag for the podcast. Uh, I'm going to try it out today as we wrap this up. And it goes like this. <laughs> the will to win in life is important. But the will to prepare is vital. We out. Peace. Bye.